Well, if you would please open your Bible to Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 40. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And uh, what I would like to, to share with you is, um, how, and, and I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again. You're probably going to hear me say it about four or five times throughout, throughout this evening. But there is one enemy. It's not the people living in your house. It's not the people living in your neighborhood. It's not the people living in your state. It's not the people living or that you hear their names throughout the nations. There is one enemy. And he's real, but his name is Satan. And it's so important that we identify who the real enemy is. Because many, because, um, when you don't identify who the real enemy is, you will lose a lot of time and, and, and energy running around in circles. What's the problem? Why is this happening? What's going on? <laughs> you know? And, um, and so tonight I want to talk about under attack, under attack. And, uh, and so we're just going to kind of dive into that, but, um, you can look to somebody next to you. If your spouse or is here says, you are not the enemy, sweetheart. I realize that now, or I know that, but I'm just going to remind you, okay? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, that's just one of the deceptions that the enemy, whenever, you know, we wake up in the morning, whenever there's been a hard day or whatever, uh, it's amazing. The people closest in our vicinity are really going to, uh, to get the brunt of our attitude, <laughs> are really going to get the brunt of things that happen throughout our day. Am I the only one here? Never mind. Okay, I'm just going to preach to myself right now. And, um, but anyway, but, uh, for us to identify why we're under attack and who the real enemy is. Okay. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, it says, Jesus replies, you must love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Second is equally important. Look to somebody next to you say equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Again, this is not a request. This is not a requirement. It is a command. It is a command. Why is that? Because anytime God commands something, he is trying to establish his truth in our lives. It's not just a, hey, sweetheart, you might want to think about this. What was the first commandment out of all the ten? Many years, I'm gonna start singing the song. Many years ago, God gave to Moses ten commands. I can count them on my two, ten, two hands. One, put God first. Two, worship only God. Three, respect by name. And four, keep God's Sabbath day. Five, honor your parents. Again, I was in children's ministry, so I got the, I got the jingle going. You know? But why is it that out of, that this, this command is so, uh, Jesus is, he's not taking it lightly. He says, guys, this is vital. Because he knows that the enemy, Satan, if he can try to affect our foundation, if he can try, and he will, then we will not stand in the attack. And it is vital that you and I put God first. This is a command. Why? Because every plan of love and purpose and destiny and hope in our lives, it is for all of God's people. All of God's people. There is one enemy, as I said, the devil. And people are not your enemy. Regardless of what they did or did not do or if the, what they said or did not say. 
John 3, 16 through 17. Many, we've heard it over and over again, but come on. The word is living and powerful and fresh every single day. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Now, this is very important. I intentionally brought 17 up there. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. When you and I allow God to be the Lord of our lives, we will be saved no matter the attack we face. Listen, this is just our temporary home, but we got to live here. And we have to, we have a plan here. It's not just, Lord, hurry up so I can see glory. No, because there's other people around us that they don't know of his great name. Or they've had a bad experience of someone telling them about his great name. And he said, I, I, I need you to be carriers of my love. But in order for you to be carriers of my love, you've got to be established in my love. You've got to know the truth of who I am, how much I love you, how much I value. But you've got to know who I am. Okay? The attack from the enemy will always aim for your head and your heart. If you believe the lie, then you will allow it to be, yeah, if you believe a lie, then you will allow it uh, uh, not to be established in your heart. So I'd like for us to turn to Daniel 3, 16 through 18, and we're going to just look at a couple of things that, um, and I encourage you, the the story from Daniel to uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's very, very uh, long and broad, so I encourage you just in your time, just go and read it and just allow the Lord to speak to you uh, through that. So Shadrach, Meshach, and we're going to read in verse 16. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, uh, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. And I said, Dixie, why did you start there? Okay. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One, that's not their real names. But many of us, when you grew up in children's ministry, you know them by their names. Isn't it amazing how any, the enemy will always try to, whenever he brings us an attack, you know, an attack of a tragedy, attack of uh, uh, a sudden disappointment. People can identify you and know you by that very tragedy and attack. Such as, oh man, hey, they're the one that lost their job. Hey, they're the ones that lost their loved one. Hey, they're the ones that was in that car accident. Hey, they're the, you, you get, you get the picture? But as that song says, his throne His name is greater than any other name. And no matter what others throw at our way, our our expectations, our lies that others place on us, we are who God says we are. And in this particular part of the scripture, uh, you have, even though Daniel is not mentioned in this part of the scripture, uh, you had Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they uh, they were, they were Hebrews, they were Jews, and they were captured, uh, by Babylonians, uh, by, by Babylonia. And, and in this particular time in history, Babylon was identified as, uh, you had four kingdoms or empires, uh, Babylonia, Persian, Greek, and Roman. And they were identified for that time in history as, like, the greatest. You know, just their strength, their resources, they were identified as the greatest. And so they had captured, uh, the, the children of Israel. And, um, 
with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they educated them, um, but they also emasculated them and humiliated them. Um, uh, they changed their names. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, uh, became, they made them eunuchs. Um, and everything that they could completely remove from who they are identified as people in this world, who they are identified, that is what Babylonia did to them. So how on earth could someone stand with such hatred, with such um, uh, just attacks towards them? They had to know who God really is and how much he loves them. And so in this particular part of the scripture, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was a wicked man, uh, had said, listen, I'm going to create a big statue. And um, uh, whenever you hear the music, then uh, all people uh, should bow down and worship me. Those who do not bow down and worship me, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And so the music came and uh, other leaders recognized that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not bowing down. And so here's where the story begins. The king was furious, and uh, he even said, listen, I'm going to give you a second chance. If you bow down, then uh, I'll, I'll, uh, as I give you this second chance, um, I'm, I'm trying here. Because he was, he was the king, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they offered a service to the kingdom. You know, they were wise. They provided counsel. Okay. And, um, and, and he, because the king was selfish, he didn't want to lose what he had invested into him. But, um, so he said, I'm going to try to give you another chance. But again, there was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were not wavering. They were not going to bow down. And so as the story picks up, it says in verse 17, this is, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego speaking. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from, from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, your majesty can be sure that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. Now, obviously, that made King Nebuchadnezzar extremely angry. He enraged. They threw it. They tied him up, bound him, threw him into the fiery furnace and, um, but here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. Verses 24. But suddenly he was watching Nebuchadnezzar was watching the fiery furnace and what happened. And Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement. And to his advisors, he said, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, they said. We did indeed, your majesty. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking in the fiery, in the fire. And they're... They aren't even hurt by the flames. And the fourth looks like, and some versions say, the fourth looks like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be. And, and at this time, he called for um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out. And the Bible says that their, their, work, their ropes were burned, but they did not smell like smoke. Okay? And as he, as Nebuchadnezzar and, and all the, the leaders in the land are, are observing this, this is what the king says. Praise uh, to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, I was thinking, why on earth would he still call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? 
You know, he didn't call them by their names. Even whenever the, the, uh, the Babylonian leaders went to go tell the king, they had, they told the king, Hey, these Jews, there was a inferiority. There was, uh, a, a, a um, there was no value for, for them. Imagine you're in an atmosphere and people are always out to get you. Imagine you're in an atmosphere and because of your, your land, your nation, your Hebrew, you are looked upon as lesser than. They could care less about you. This was the atmosphere in which they were facing. But how come could they, with a fearless attitude, with a fearless perspective, not bow down, not fall under the pressure when think, when they're being attacked. It is because of this thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were established in the truth of who God is. They were established. They had heard in Scripture long before, and they knew. Uh, even back in, in Daniel 2, 44, it says, uh, when, when the king had had a dream, and this is what, and the king, and Daniel is telling the king what the dream rep- represents about all the, about these kingdoms, Babylonia, Persian, Greek, and Roman. He's telling them about what the dream represents. But then he says, during the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. No one will ever conquer it. It will shatter all these kingdoms into nothing, nothingness, but it will stand forever. They had that truth seared into their heart. God cannot fail me. God cannot abandon me. I know what everybody else is saying about me. I know the whispers. I know the threats. I am under attack. But God, he cannot fail me because his kingdom is forever and I belong to him. No matter the name that they gave me, I am still his. And so uh, as they, they come out of the, the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar said, praise uh, to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted him. Uh, and then it says, uh, the king made a decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb to limb. There is no other God who can rescue like this. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So there's a couple things that we can, that we can gleam and apply to our lives. How can we stand when under attack? How can we stand when under attack? One, remember God loves me. I know it seems elementary, but oh, it's so true. Remember, God loves me. The devil wants to be on the throne of our hearts. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 through 8, it says, uh, and it's talking about the heart, the character of God. God is never glad. This is love. And the love that they're describing here is the very nature of God. Agape love uh, is never glad about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth went out, wins out, never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. They knew that. They said, listen, we can bow. 
You say, well, Dixie, uh, I'm not near a fiery furnace. Uh, I'm not going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. I love God. But man, we can bow to doubt. We can bow to fear. We can bow to the lie of I'm all alone. We can bow to the, to the lie of if God is really who he says he is, why am I going through this? You know, those pressures. God is there for his kingdom. God wants to establish with his love his kingdom and truth in our hearts. So that no matter what we go through, we will stand knowing that we're not alone. How many of you, when you've been going through something hard and you know that you know you can call someone, that, that particular friend at any time? Or that particular friend will be at your house at a moment's notice. They're dependable. They're trustworthy. They're loyal. You can share with them your heart, your frustrations. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to say you've lost your mind. You're crazy. They are going to love you no matter what. God is a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. And he loves us. And he wants us to remember, listen, every trial, every hard time, everything that you go through, every injustice that is that is placed upon you by the sin of man that has been stirred up by Satan, I do not forget that. I am not going to let that go undone. See, in Isaiah 13, 20 through 21, Isaiah prophesied. Listen to what it says. He's prophesying about Babylon. The most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of the Chaldean culture, will be devastated. Basically, he said that Babylon is going to be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. The Babylon will never rise again. Generation after generation will come and go, but the land will never again be lived in. And then it begins to talk about, and you can see there how nomads will refuse to camp there and shepherds will not allow their sheep to stay overnight. Wild animals of the desert will move into the ruined city. The houses will be haunted like howling creatures. Ostriches will live among the ruins and wild goats will come there to dance. Hyenas will howl in its fortresses and jackals will make their dens in its palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. Its times of destruction will soon will soon arrive. God is, was saying to them, listen, you're not going to get away with treating my children like that. And that is how God says about us. The enemy's going to try to come at us with lies. The enemy's going to try to come at us of rob things that there are, that uh, our peace and our joy. But God is saying, no, does not have the right, does not have the right. Why is it so important that we remember that God loves us? In Exodus 12, 13 through 14, as well as in Luke 22, 17 through 20, we see, you know, that, uh, uh, during Easter, uh, Hebrews, they celebrate, Jews, they celebrate Passover. And actually my family started doing that. And it was really cool because you can see it's for, for the Hebrews, it's a celebration of the freedom uh, that God uh, uh, led the children of Israel out of bondage uh, with Egypt. But for Christians, it is uh, a symbol how by the work that Jesus did on the cross for us, we are now free from the sting of sin and death. 
Okay? And so in Exodus 12, 13 through 14, it says, The blood who you have smeared on your doorposts will serve as a sign. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you. When I strike the land of Egypt, you must remember this day forever. Why? It's because the work that Jesus did on the cross declares two things. It declares that God loves us unconditionally and it declares that the enemy was forever defeated. So no matter what we go through, we're not alone. But you know what? It declares the power and the righteousness of God. Satan, you will not do this to my children. God sees. He says he see he 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 saw the cries of the children of Israel and Egypt for slaves for over 400 years. He saw the mistreatment. And that's what he said, it, Moses, come here, give me your staff. It's time to go. Because my children are not going to be treated like this anymore. My children, those of you who believe in God, who love God, my children. But also it says, remember me in Luke twenty two seventeen through 14. It says, then he took a cup of wine and when he, he had given thanks for it, said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took the loaf of bread and when he had thanked God for it, he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After he took another cup of wine and said, this wine is a token of God's new covenant to save you. An agreement sealed with the blood I will pour out over you. God wants us to remember, remember, he loves us unconditionally. Remember that Satan has been defeated. But remember also that his kingdom is forever. His kingdom is forever. Another thing I want us to, in Psalm 136, 1 through 26, I encourage you, if you go and read that scripture, it's, it's, as I was, I was reading it, it's actually really cool because as it begins to say, hey, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. You know, then it says, give thanks to, to the God of gods. His love endures forever. After 26 verses, Every time it begins to say what he did, who he is, and then it says his love endures forever. And it's a reminder that no matter what you and I go through, no matter if there's sickness that comes our way, no matter if there's injustices that we face, no matter if there is a, a tragedy um, of unexpected things, God is not dismissing it. He's saying, remember, I love you. I am still your provider. I am still your protector. I am still your healer. I am still God and I love you and I will not fail you. Remember that, okay? And so, um, so one, how can we stand under the attack, um, under the attack of the enemy? Remember, God loves me. Number two, this is really important. Don't let your soul be in charge. Don't let your soul be in charge. You say, Dixie, what do you mean, my soul be in charge? First Thessalonians 5.23 in the message version, it says, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy, 
and whole, make you whole and holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of your master. Key words there, make you holy and make you whole. Our soul, our body, obviously you have, we're made of three beings, just as God is God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. We are also made in three beings. We have our body, okay, and then we have our soul, and our soul consists of our mind, our will, and our emotions, and then we have our spirit, okay? And 2 Corinthians 1, 22, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts, Okay? Your soul, based upon uh, your experiences, based upon uh, things that have happened to you, you will have, uh, you can have positive uh, emotions and you can have negative emotions. Uh, a negative emotion, uh, I'm afraid, I'm embarrassed, I'm inadequate, I'm rejected, I'm inferior, I'm depressed, I'm frustrated, I'm helpless, I'm overwhelmed, I'm lonely, I'm discouraged, I'm weak, and it goes on and on. Now, when these pains arise, God does not want us to bury them. He doesn't want us to deny them, to ignore them, or to blame those emotions. What he wants us to do is he wants to bring healing there. Because that emotion came from an attack. Are you with me? Okay. And many times we'll say, God, just get rid of the pain. God, just stop the pain. God, I'm tired of being in this the pain, the pain of depression. I'm tired of being in the pain of loneliness. I'm tired of being in the pain. But I tell you, recently I heard a pastor uh, uh, give incredible insight um, to that question. And it said, and he said, you know, if someone, if, if one of you walked in here with a broken leg and you did not feel it, there would be a major problem. One, because if the broke, if you, if you kept the leg broken like that, it would set. And what happens when it sets? It's going to affect how you walk for the rest of your life. Okay. God does not want us to have a limp for the rest of our lives. Okay. He wants us to run and soar and walk. But the question that the pastor had said is many times when we have that pain, okay, we ask the question, God, why did you create pain? Why did Jesus suffer? And many of these questions can be answered with God didn't do it. God isn't a part of that. And God loves me. Did you get that? We can ask God, why is this pain? God, why, why, did, why did you do this? Why did this happen? And it's not that God did it, you know? But the questions can be answered is that God didn't do it or God isn't a part of it, but that God loves us to meet us in that pain and bring healing to us. Because when we are attacked with words, when we are attacked physically, we, when we are attacked, you are going to encounter, when you are attacked by someone trying to demean you and, and tear you down and break you down, you are going to experience the negative of that emotion, inadequate, reject, rejected, fear, inferiority. But God is saying, I want to come 
And I want you to rise like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and be fearless. Because when you're established in the truth, when you're established, oh, God loves me. Then the emotions that we will experience have, I am accepted. I am valued. I am precious. I am amazing. Have you ever just looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm amazing? You say, well, Dixie, that's vain. No, it's not. Because keep it in the context. When God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, he also said, love your neighbor as yourself. Just as God loves you, he wants us to love ourselves and how we see ourselves and how we speak about ourselves. Does that make any sense? Because also, let me tell you something, when you begin to speak positive things about you, it triggers your brain and your brain begins to form. Whoa, there's positive. And then as your brain begins to make a pattern of positive, then it's going to go and it will affect your spirit. We need to open our mouths and declare positively, I am not depressed, but I am fearless. Because what the enemy wants to do, how many of you have ever heard the saying, an emotional roller coaster? You spin on an emotional roller coaster nonstop, you're going to be sick. You're not going to even be able to see yourself for who you are. You're just going to stop. I can't go anymore. I can't take it anymore. How many have ever been there? I can't handle this. Just stop. I'm done. Because I'm an emotional roller coaster. God wants us to enjoy life. And he created us with a soul, but not for it to control us or grip us. But when that, when that depression wants to hit on us, when that uh, inferiority, when that inadequacy, it's just showing, hey, hold on, there's somebody's got to be in. Somebody's, they need the healing power of God. They need the healing power of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to withstand the pressures of the enemy. The enemy will never be able to hold your soul captive when your heart is established in the truth of God's word and you praise him. Because your spirit man will then be in charge. And what is this, the fruits of the spirit? And the fruits of the spirit, as we know, they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You know? That is what will rest in us. So I encourage you. Don't be controlled by your emotions. Don't let them take charge over you. But let the voice, let the Spirit of God speak to your spirit. Say, Jesus, in Jesus' name, I speak calm over myself. If there is a pattern of that emotional roller coaster, then you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Because what the enemy would also want to trap us in is, well, this is just how I am. This is how my family is. This is how, no, no. God did not create you with a spirit of fear that comes from the enemy. God did not create you to feel inadequate or rejected. If there are words that were spoken over you, the enemy will distort 
with trauma and attacks, the enemy will try to distort your very identity. See, we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego by their name, by, and that's what the Bible says, but that's not their God-given names. Those are false God names that the that Babylonians gave to them. Their names are Hanai, which means uh, God has been gracious to me. Michelle, who, who is what God is? Uh, Azariah, uh, God has helped me. Can you imagine that being spoken over you all the time? Man, man, you know? So I encourage you, don't allow what the words of others have spoken to you wound your soul to try to therefore change your identity, you know? But who does God say that you are? You are loved. You are chosen. You are important. Don't allow those, uh, those, em- those negative emotions to fuel you. And that is how you respond all the time. I would encourage you to examine your atmosphere. Examine who or what you are being influenced by. Examine means to look at something very closely and usually with the purpose of making a judgment. So the question is, is what or whom are you being influenced by? Are they fueling your soul or are they feeding your spirit? Don't let your soul speak louder and have the final word over your spirit. You know, because if the enemy can get us living in that soulless realm, however, I, I'm going to do whatever I feel. This is how I feel, so that's not going to work for me. Then he's already trapped us in bondage. He wants us to live by his spirit. So let the spirit of God rise up within you and speak to that. Amen. So how do we stand uh, under the attack of the many? Remember God's love for me. Don't let your, in number two, don't let your soul be in charge. And in closing, uh, this is real short. Um, number three, praise God no matter what. Praise him no matter what. You know, praise breaks a spirit of heaviness and discouragement that will, when, uh, that when we come under attack. Isaiah 61 is a, is a great example of that. You know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to announce the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and it is with, and, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. And it says, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. Or some, some versions say a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. You know? Praise God no matter what. Man, when the devil uh, cannot be on the throne of your heart, he sure is going to try to take your bow. Don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Psalm 101 through 5. You know it's a shout uh, with joy to the Lord. Uh, uh, O earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing and joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his people. 
the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. I'm going to tell you what happens when you and I begin to praise. God delights in our praises. When you and I begin to praise him, God dwells in our praises. And when you and I begin to praise him, no matter what, God delivers us from in, God delivers us in our praises. So if you are bound with depression, with heaviness, with inferiority, with adequacy, with I am done, I am tired of this, you begin to praise the Lord and you will come out of it and you will stand. Because the, the attack and the strategy of the enemy cannot win in the presence of an almighty God. It's absolutely impossible. Don't let the devil attack, attack you from the silence of you not praising him. Did you hear me? See, that's what he wants. He wants us to be silent. He doesn't want us to remember Oh, I'm going to declare the blood is on the doorpost of my heart. I'm going to declare I don't have to go in this emotional roller coaster, 90 to nothing and get dizzy and confused and weary, but I can have the peace of God in my heart. Praise him. It was not by accident that the very, that the, that the enemy was wanting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's bow. It wasn't by accident. See, God is looking and he desires for us when we're under attack. Will you remember that I love you? Will you please be led by the spirit of God and not by your soul in responding to others? And would you please praise me? Because I want to be there for you. I want to strengthen you. I want to encourage you. I want to love you. Because you are not alone. You are mine. How many of you understand that? Can we receive that? In closing, I just want to share with you a very personal story. Um, last Thursday, I received a phone call from my sister. She's very calm. And my niece, my precious niece, Amelie, is eight years old. And as my sister Joy began to share she said Dixie Amelie has been attacked by a dog and he he attacked her in her face and I'm on my way to the hospital and call the family and let's go obviously when you hear something of that nature adrenaline just rushes through your body and either you want to kill an animal or you just want to be there to offer comfort and love. So we get to the hospital, and obviously just due to the COVID things, there's there's restrictions and guidelines to maintain health and safety. So our parents are there, and uh, and it was bad. It was bad. He bit her here, he bit her here, and he took out a huge chunk of the top part of her nose there. Precious little Amelie. And so as we're all comforting each other, we're crying, we're heartbroken over this tragedy, and it was no one's fault. Dog had never done it before, there was no signs, they had played with the dog before, 
Everybody was just heartbroken over this tragedy, over this attack. Made you feel helpless, you know? And so we just begin, it's this Lord. God, I just plead the blood of Jesus over her. God, I ask for a physical healing. I ask for an emotional healing. And so we're getting words and reports. And Amelie is so calm. She's not crying. And so we're telling, we're walking her through. Amelie, you don't need to suppress the tears. If you want to cry, she says, no, I'm fine. I'm good. On the way to the hospital, she said, y'all, I just need y'all to pray for me. And she's in let's sing a worship song. I raise a hallelujah. Now she's eight. How can the emotional strength of an eight-year-old stand against an attack like that? Because of the spirit of God living on the inside of them. And so we get there and we're all in the parking lot area. Quite honestly, just beside ourselves. Just not, we're, we're praying and we're comforting each other. Amelie calls the family of the teenage girl that had the dog. And she says, are you okay? Is the dog okay? It's going to be okay. Because of the spirit of God that is within her. No matter what attack, whether you're a big child or a small child, God loves you and he's going to be there with you. So they stitch her up, over 12 stitches on her face. And as she's going home, Friday was a rough day because she saw herself in the mirror for the first time. And we just loved her. And we walked with her through it. We didn't allow her to, you don't need to cry if you need to cry. It's okay. But she was more concerned, I don't want people to be scared of because of my face. And so, as we just begin to praise God, as we just begin to pray over her, Sunday morning she woke up and she said, Mama, even if people see my face, I've got to go to church because I've got to praise Him. I've got to praise Him. You and I are going to face those attacks whether it's by words, whether it's disappointments, whether it's injustices. My friends, God is not, He does not have a deaf ear to our pain. He does not have a, He does not turn away from the attack. He declared on the cross, it is finished. He declared on the cross, I love you unconditionally. He declared on the cross that my kingdom stands forever. And no matter what fad, no matter what phase of what others want to project onto you, my word is, I love you unconditionally. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And you are not alone. That is the God that we serve. He wants us to remember He loves us. He wants us to not allow our soul to take charge. And he wants us to praise him. See, today Amelie got her stitches out. And she called, we got FaceTime before I came to this message. And I'm like, how you doing, baby? And she's like, I'm fine. I had the same face before. It never seemed into her soul. 
because her spirit rose up with praise and declared, God loves me. And he loves you too. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? If you say, Dixie, I'm under attack. I'm under attack. I need his grace. I need his healing power. I need his comfort. Come on, let's go to him right now. But if you say, Dixie, I, I don't know that he loves me because I've never, I've never asked him to come and to be my Lord and Savior. That's where we need to begin right there. So if that's you here, if that's you watching, come on, let's go to the Lord. Jesus, I believe in you. Come on, repeat that. Jesus, I believe in you. And I ask right now that you forgive me of my sins. I need you, God. I want your love. I ask that you clean my heart. Make it new. I receive your forgiveness right now. And I accept being your child in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, everyone here, everyone watching, Father, if they feel like that they are under some form of attack, Holy Spirit, right now I ask that you use the scripture that we've just spoken, that you use the word, Holy Spirit, speak to them right now. Holy Spirit, reveal your truth to them. They can remember and embrace. God loves them. That they will allow the Spirit of God to comfort them and not wallow in the despair of their soul. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Emotional healing in the name of Jesus. And Father, give us the grace and the boldness and the fearlessness never to allow Satan to shut us up but to praise you. God, may your favor, may your provisions, and may your protection rest upon us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Guys, we love you. We love you watching. We hope to see you again this Sunday. If you need anything, if you need prayer, if you need somebody to talk with, let us know. We're here. God bless you. You are dismissed.